Permissionless platforms like Ethereum Definity have opened the door to a new breed of finance. A financial system built on trustless protocols means builders and users alike can interact free of centralized gatekeepers. The open source ethos of these protocols give developers and entrepreneurs the freedom to combine and remix different components to create new products. Imagine a new decentralized bank that combines lending, borrowing like Aave, asset management like Wi-Fi, and an automated market maker like Uniswap. That is what the minds behind Sailfish Finance have in the works. My name is Andrew Phillips. And I'm Evan McFarland. And today we're going to be chatting about decentralized finance, DeFi, particularly a project called Sailfish Finance that was released on Definity's Demo Day. Yes, an exciting one. So yeah. uh, for those who don't know what the Demo Day was, they ran through a bunch of the proposals for applications. And those who won got assistance from the development team as well as perhaps funding from the foundations. And the winner of all this was Sailfish, which we're going to talk about today, as well as why just DeFi in general will benefit from the Definity Foundation and architecture. So, yeah, you mentioned in your early spiel three projects that uh, um, basically offer a value propositions that have become popular in the, in the DeFi space. And then Sailfish is like... A, combining all three, but mm -hmm. what, what were those three and what are they exactly do they do? Yeah. So, uh, Aave, we'll start talk about the first one, Aave. That's a lending and borrowing platform. Um, they have over $1.4 billion locked in their protocol. So if you have some Ethereum or if you have some USDC, you want to earn some interest on it, lend it out, you could do so there. Uh, they've also become really popular with these things called flash loans, which we're going to be chatting about later in the podcast. Um, the next one I chatted about was Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is a really cool concept. Um, it's basically like an investment bank um, uh, built on Ethereum. There's a number of them have been coming out recently, but this was the first one. Basically, you'd be able to send um, a stable coin or something to Wi-Fi, and they would automatically seek the highest yield. So, for instance, if Aave was paying a higher yield than Compound for the day, they would keep money what, on a What's farm. this um, yield for? Is it oh, like yield? yield farming? Oh, yeah. No, uh, yield more just so for... And now, we don't want to get too far into yield farming for now, but... Just general yield in, you know, lending out your USD coin and somebody wants to borrow it. Um, so much just like an interest rate, like a bank interest rate. Oh, so, and, okay. And like lend, a, just lending, yeah, just general lend, lending. Yeah, lending and borrowing, yep. So there's a couple of, um, there's a couple of lending and borrowing platforms. Another one is pretty popular. It's called Compound. So this Wi-Fi, this project, it, auto, it automatically seeks the highest yield. So if they have a million dollars worth of DAI and they find that Compound is paying a higher interest rate, they will move that funds. And that's how it first began and over time it has iterated to become more complex. They have a really cool development team there. Um, and that's that's a little bit of Wi-Fi. And the final one is uh, is Uni. That's Uniswap, obviously. It's probably the most popular one. That's an automated market maker. It's, it's the only one I know about that you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, that is that one's really grown tremendously. That is uh, that is that's the one that has the most amount of money locked up in the protocol because that that's an exchange. It's a decentralized exchange. And the way they function is that um, basically anybody can become uh, their own exchange. So um, you can supply $1,000 worth of uni tokens and $1,000 worth of uh, Ethereum. And if somebody ever wanted to buy off of you, they can send you Ethereum. Your balance of Ethereum would now increase and your uni swap balance, your uni token balance would decrease. So it's always constantly trying to find equilibrium there. So those are the three um, decentralized financial products that Sailfish is uh, kind of taking on. But in addition to those three products, what I really love about Sailfish is that they're adding in a social component to their platform, which I find really cool. And I know you're big with these, 
you know, these social platforms, these kind of uh, the ability to like invest, but it's almost like adding like a Twitch style or like a Twitter style. You can follow other people's trades, other traders. And uh, I think you, you you did a couple of those, right? Yeah, those well, that, that's yeah, that's very cool. Adding a social element to this, we see a lot of even the just traditional you know, like public stock trading app is becoming a a trend that where people want to see what other traders are doing, and there's tons of ideas that they could run with. Like if every time we see a decentralized social media come around, there's an associated token, and there's a way to reward uh, people for doing good things or contributing to that mm -hmm. platform, but. One of the areas in DeFi that's pretty underdeveloped and no one has solved yet, but I went through dozens that mm -hmm. are uh, like trying to fix this is crypto copy trading and crypto funds or like hedge funds or index funds. So the the first is crypt copy trading where a trader has actions on an exchange and they can follow people. Uh, so this way, if I'm a really great trader and you mm -hmm. want to just copy all my trades and not think about it, you could do so and I might get a reward for profits. Mm -hmm. And the other would be an index fund for general cryptocurrencies. Uh, so you compile 10 cryptocurrencies and you have a more stable uh, way to invest. Yeah, those are getting so, really popular too. And that's great yeah. to have overall exposure or to follow somebody. That's kind of like almost like governance too in a, in a respect, right? Like you, where you can delegate, you delegate your money over to somebody and they can invest it for you in the DeFi space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's super important because you think, well, it's great when people, if more people can get into crypto, but no one wants to do it. Uh, like we just saw it actually happen with gold when they first allowed the first gold index fund. And the price shot up because mm. people were finally able to get involved with gold without going and buying the physical, the physical stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you see that happening. But the reason no one cracked the case yet is because they're all, all the decentralized ones that have tamper-proof protocols are super expensive. And the leader in this is Melon. Uh, mm -hmm. So Melon Protocol has a really cool copy trading hedge fund. It's it's totally um, it it's totally decentralized. No government could shut it down and transparent in what the traders are doing. But it costs. I wanted to set up a fund. Yeah, it would have cost you setting one up, right? A thousand a thousand dollars to set up the fund. Oh, and every wow. trade you made, yeah, it wouldn't just be trading fees. It would be smart contract. Oh, so running on Ethereum. Pricey. Yeah. Oh wow. So that's Super something. That's something, that's something in the ICP. If, if built on ICP, where the Fees would be much less. Yeah. That's something that could totally be built on top. Yes, totally. Yeah. So there's dozens of, I uh, even reviewed on my YouTube channel, all the ones that have feasible features right now. Mm -hmm. And the only ones that do are centralized. And like, uh, yeah. you can't avoid any mm -hmm. government, like you have to pay taxes. You have to trust the company. I'm really afraid that the one I set up with a centralized company might get shut down. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Very interesting. Very cool. So yeah, so I guess, uh, yeah, we're chatting about... Uh, you know, DeFi and other things. And obviously our channel is the Internet Computer Report. So what are some of the benefits uh, that you see that ICP can add towards DeFi? I guess we can kind of bridge into that chat. Um, perhaps, you know, for developers. Uh, yeah, know, well, well I mean, uh, the big one that we didn't harp on as much yet is, I mean, I, I made the example for copy trading and hedge funds, but it's just an efficiency thing uh, for both price and speed. So on Uniswap, you have to wait a couple minutes to execute a smart contract or uh, like maybe one to two minutes for creating a pool. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a huge deal, but the big deal is you're going to have to pay five or ten bucks every time you make a make a pool yeah. and then transaction fees are expensive. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a matter of having inefficient smart contracts on Ethereum. Mm -hmm. So you how, about the, that. how about the complexity of even having to write in Solidity uh, versus maybe with ICP you can 
you do it in a yeah. So on the u- on the yeah. user side, that was the big advantage. You have efficiency and and uh, price reductions. Mm-hmm. And then on the developer side, the reason I think Definity has such a great position uh, to move into DeFi is because their whole platform is tailored towards web developers. It's not yeah. just smart contract designers. So regular web developers are going to want to build on DeFi without mm-hmm. learning, you know, Ethereum, being smart contract yeah. experts. So it's just... Uh, You're opening it up to so many more individuals to build out products. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty incredible. And the cream rises to the top. You want the best developers going to whatever platform becomes a standard for DeFi. Mm-hmm. And that's the benefit that Definity reaps right now. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we were also chatting about... Um, possibly some security uh, benefits there could be oh, from yeah, building yeah. on ICP as well. And, you know, the fact that the internet computer has, you know, so much capacity. Um, we were talking about, you know, all these new, one of the biggest issues right now in DeFi space are these flash loan attacks. Uh, have you heard about, you know, all these flash loans that are coming uh, out? Explain how the, that works. I'm still, you know, yeah, well, fuzzy. yeah, well, yeah, well, fl- yeah, flash loans, uh, they become really popular from Aave actually. So essentially, you're able to borrow a ton of money in a single transaction. However, the catch is you have to return the money at the end of the transaction. So now using this ton of money that you get, you can write a piece of code that perhaps you can find an exploit in a contract, um, uh, maybe find like an arbitrage opportunity, something along those lines. Arbitrage? Arbitrage basically... Uh, essentially just buying and selling something, buying something on one exchange, selling it on for another. So if there's any price discrepancy somewhere, uh, now if you have a lot of capital to do it, you can really exploit that tremendously and you can really do it. So if there, if say there's a price discrepancy of a penny somewhere, you know, if you only have a hundred dollars to do, you don't only make a buck on it. But if there, if you have a hundred million dollars, then we're talking about a million dollar uh, discrepancy. So these flash loans are really in a sense, actually too, it's, it's kind of good. Um, because a flash loan kind of replicates being a whale. So, uh, you know, down the line, there's going to be, you know, a whale would be able to find exploits. Now, an individual who can just borrow these funds instantaneously, it's kind of like battle testing. Um, is the utility of it, um, well, mm-hmm. well you, the arbitrage is, is almost a good thing because you're balancing two exchanges. And that's what, is that what the flash loans well, are Well, no, for? well, the flash loans, well, there, there are benefits to flash loans, but what's happening now, it's actually happening in a lot of these kind of like Wi-Fi competitors. Wi-Fi is that investment bank I was telling you about. So they're, they're either trying to mess with like price oracles and price data by making, you know, using large amounts of money, you know, temporarily just to kind of affect those things. And it's a really gray area, but essentially they're just, they're, they're finding vulnerabilities. They're finding vulnerabilities in the way a contract was written and they're using this immense amount of money that they're able to borrow and it's free. Now with the flash loan, if, any part of the transaction, it does not work as properly. It simply rolls back. And that's why it's, you can only be kind of done in this decentralized uh, setting. Uh, and it doesn't work like on a centralized exchange, you know, these flash loans. Um, so that, that is an area. And now what, you know, just, just a little bit of a thought that I can think of is with the internet computer's capacity, perhaps you can keep all, you know, historical price data on a certain asset. So that if there is a potential, you know, somebody's trying to use one of these flash loan attacks, maybe the internet computer can kind of think on its own, use the price data and say, hey, something is a little fishy here. Let me kind of just shut down what this thing is trying to do. Almost like how we have like a circuit breaker for the stock markets. Something yeah, like a yeah, decentralized yeah. kind of circuit breaker. So 
That was one. That was kind of one thing I, we were thinking about. So I think that works. Um, I'll, I'll summarize and make sure. Yeah, please. I got the right idea. Yeah, but if um, if there's a whale movement, like let's let's say that a, a flash loan is simulating a whale, mm-hmm. and then that same person buys leverage in the opposite direction, like shorts something, uh, then since Definity actually has the unlimited capacity, pretty much, they could store the price data, and it's cheaper to write smart contract code. Uh, so they could implement sort of algorithms that are going to detect this bizarre behavior yes, and pre- and roll it back if it, mm-hmm. if the uh, transaction is nefarious. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, so it's, it's one one possibility. You know, just brainstorming ideas of what uh, what could come about. And uh, yeah, we're actually we're going to be chatting about this a lot deeper in uh, in a future episode. Uh, we actually have a, a gentleman named Arthur Foles who's going to be coming on our show. He's going to be our first guest on our podcast, which is pretty exciting. He'll be joining us next week, and we're going to be going a deep dive into DeFi. Um, so these are some really cool things, and uh, you yeah. know, we're really and we're looking forward to what Sailfish Finance has, you know, coming. Uh, you know, obviously they're still in the early stages, and um, you know, you can hop on their Discord and see what's going on. And uh, yeah. I, I think a good teaser mm-hmm. for that is mm-hmm. in the DeFi space now we have uh, it, it's sort of the fragmentation we see in Web three, and I think Arthur's going to hit on this way better than we could right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you add more protocols that are kind of fixing one problem with one DeFi, then you're adding intermediaries for every task that could be performed uh, oh, in yeah. the finance realm. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And, th- and the claim, like for us being the internet computer supporters, is there has to be one that becomes standardized and doesn't add all this complexity. Mm-hmm. And whichever one becomes a standard, it has to have everything lined up so the feature, the, all the features are there and there's no issues that people could... And a new Absolutely, protocol too. Yeah. Yeah, actually, so I, I, yeah. I think uh, Arthur's gonna dive Arthur's pretty gonna deep go really. That. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were just we were just chatting with him. It was pretty cool that he was telling you know, you know, you you know, you have a Bitcoin that's on the Bitcoin blockchain. Then you wrap it. You wrap it um, through Ren BTC or or whatnot. Then that goes onto the Ethereum blockchain. From the Ethereum blockchain, you go lend it out on Aave. Now you know. Now we're on three separate protocols. It can get a little bit messy. And then you know, you know, it's uh, so it's really interesting to see what. Definity can really, you know, benefit these things and the internet computer rather. Yeah, and also and there's a dependency on each of those steps. Yeah. So like whatever problems Ren has. Oh yeah. And, and one more. leave off to the next one. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, and also another thing is I definitely want to chat about Arthur with for the next week is going to be, um, uh, you know, just like regulatory issues with, you know, because the fact that you know in the internet computer you know doesn't keep a state. So for a lot of these. You know, regulatory coins like USDC or whatever, where you know it's mandated that they do. Could there could there be any legal repercussions? So these are some cool things where you know just a little yeah. teaser for the future. I'm but, excited for that. It's, yeah, it's that's the even more so a libertarian dream than Bitcoin is. Yes, absolutely right. Isn't that right? <laughs> am, that I, yeah. is right. Oh man. Yeah, it's so cool so we'll stuff going cool. ahead with yeah. that. So that was cool. So yeah, thanks for joining us for this podcast, and uh, yep. we'll see you guys next week. Cool. <laughs> yeah, tune in for that. Yep, there we go. Thanks, Evan. Yeah, awesome. Goodbye.